Well, hey guys, and welcome back to Anchor in the Boat. I'm Pastor Jer. And I'm Pastor Joseph. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> we wouldn't lie about that. That's a dumb thing to lie about. Nope. No. And I got two first names, so you can either call me that or Pastor Dave. But, you know, I wouldn't lie about who I am. No. Especially to our loyal listeners on this podcast. That's right. Mom, Welcome. we have not changed our names. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Sillies. Yeah, so we enjoy having fun. Well, I hope you guys enjoy having fun. I don't know if the music has faded out. Hope you enjoy the music. You kind of bop along to it if you want to. You don't have to. I mean, you, <laughs> you can download that at uh, jeremysafarati.com or I don't know. Where are you going to put that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great Beats question. Beats by Jer. That's um, right. Beats by Jer. <laughs> yeah, so this morning we're going to we're going to get into a fun little discussion, hopefully uh, give you some some insight, maybe some new information and uh, a way to work through this and come to a decision. The topic here is Bible versions, mm-hmm. Bible beta, Bible 2.0. Why mm-hmm. are there so many versions? How do you choose the right one? Which mm-hmm. one's right for you? And why should we trust something that has so many different ways of saying the same thing. Don't they disagree with each other? This seems really kind of odd. Like, are, do we just make up new versions because we don't like what the first one said? Those are kind of the questions that we're going to play with this morning, kind of kick back and forth. This is kind of like a game of ping pong for me and Dave this morning with this one. It's not as um, heavy, certainly as serious, but it's one that we'll probably have more fun with than uh, yeah than weight. Yeah. Um, Dave, what version do you use? Um, the church I'm at right now uses the ESV on my desk right now. Like under my laptop, I'm ashamed to say, is the the net version uh, to hold it up. Because I wanted to, <laughs> well, I wanted to read. They have a new um, new version. I mean, a new I don't know what you call it, format called the Abide Bible. Uh huh. So it's got you praying and doing other stuff. So I've been playing okay, with that. So sort of devotional thing. Correct. The, the two also, that Dave referenced are the English Standard Version and the New yeah. English Translation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. ESV. Yep. There you go. And I've also got the CSB somewhere here. And uh, what else? I know I've got King James, New King James, and an IV above my head. Um. He probably has a new American standard in there somewhere. Po- I do have possibly a Holman yes. Christian standard. Yep, yep. I do have a Holman as well. I know that one's sitting in my non-office on the dining room table. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of versions. Do you have the New Living <laughs> Translation? Say again? Do you have the New Living Translation? Um, I have the New Living Translation. The I have the NIV, and I also even have one I'm looking at called the names of god which is the what is it called god's word translation on my okay desk. how about that and do you have your nestle all in 27 or 28 uh no no okay all right. that's all right what do you have floating around? how about your reign of valera <laughs> really yeah <laughs> i'm trying to see what else i have um <laughs> Yeah, there's New Living Translation. I don't know. Um, I have the. Uh, oh, that's a, another ESP, just a book version. Um, yeah, I have, I have a lot of different versions. But again, what about you? I was raised on the New King James in elementary school. 
Um, we were ne- we were never a King James church or family. Um, once I came to this church, this church was an was a New International Version NIV, um, and that's NIV. Not inspired. Uh, I mean, uh, that's NIV two thousand, <laughs> not the NIV eleven, not the she. Um, TNIV, which had a good run for about thirteen months. <laughs> Um, when I was in Bible college, we were using primarily the new American standard Bible, the NASB. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that was my first introduction to the NASB, but I really Amen. appreciated what it, what it, the benefits that it brought to the table mm-hmm. and devotionally now, um, I'm pretty much going to be ESV. Um, however, I will also, as you know, Dave, I will pull out the Hawaiian pigeon translation. Uh. Um, it's always a beautiful thing to look at. It it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, for me, it really is. But I will also use. I made reference to the NA twenty seven. Um, that's a Greek New Testament Correct. in Koine Greek. And I have it. I just don't know where it is right now. It's somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, Reina sure Valera is the uh, is a Spanish Bible. Um, we support a missionary. Well, he's retired now, but he translated. He worked on about 13, maybe 17 translations mm-hmm. of the Bible, various portions, some whole, some New Testament into indigenous languages that had not received the word of God mm-hmm. in their native language. And when this is through the um, the group Wycliffe translators, when Wycliffe talks about Bible translation, Translation, the difference between translation and a version, a translation really is going from one language to another. A version is saying something in the same language a different way. And it's not a, that's not a technical definition, um, but when we're talking about translating the Bible and there are, you know, the NLT, the New Living Translation versus the NIV, the New, Amer- the, uh, New International Version, when I'm talking about translations, I'm talking about going from one language into another language. And generally, that's going to be going from the original language, either Hebrew with Aramaic to or Greek into whatever language you're going into. Mm-hmm. When Wycliffe talks about the translation, they don't talk about native languages. They talk about heart languages. Uh, my grandmother was born in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and her Spanish has always been better than her English. And the older she's gotten, she just turned 98 last month. The older she's gotten, the more English she's lost. The more the Spanish that she was born in, her heart language, is what she thinks and communicates in. And when you talk to people who uh, speak multiple languages, one of the questions that you could ask is, when you have dreams, what, what language do you dream in? The language that we dream in, that we imagine in, is what we should think of as our heart language. That's the one that holds for us as people the most vivid color, the most meaningful um, connections to the things that are of most value to us. So when Wycliffe is looking to the translation, that's, the, that's what they're after. They're after how can we express what was written originally in Hebrew or Greek? in a way that's going to resonate the most deeply with this person in their heart language. And I think that's wonderful. 
I think it it's is. amazing to watch that being done, to know that that's being done. I don't think anyone has an issue with that. No. So the question here that we're really looking at is why are there so many versions and, and, and what do we make of that? Yeah. Um, I Googled to see how many different versions there were just because I was curious. There are many translations and there are a ton that I've never heard of. Um, yeah. So I, I can't even speak to them. Um, I thought the most contemporary version was the message, but I just learned that there's an actual contemporary English version. That's right, the CEV. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. oh my bad. Um, that came out in 1995. I knew of the Good News Bible because um, that's you know kind of contemporary as well, even though it's from, I'm going to say the 70s and 80s, I think, is when that first started. Yeah, yeah, 1976. Um, and so that's written for, you know, a younger age reader because mm -hmm. um, King James is pretty, it's very poetic, but it's very, what's the word? Um, strong old English. Yeah. I think the best way to say it is just, it's arcane. Yeah. But I mean, when, it's beautiful. It, when it was written, it wasn't, when it was written, it was contemporary. Correct. Correct. But, um, you know, in the 500 years since that translation was made, language has changed, culture has changed. And the way that we say, you know, I'm going to go see a man about a wallaby, or <laughs> I'm going to go really <laughs> use the head, or they, those who pisseth against the wall. There's, there's different ways that we say things, and none of those three statements are connected in any way except that they're culturally understood. And that's what the versions are seeking to do. They're looking to take the original meaning of the text and communicate it to a particular audience in a way that most clearly brings through the original intent in a way that's understood by the audience. And, um, you know, that that's, that means that there's always room for improvement, but that also means you can uh, you can serve up some some doozies that don't quite reach the mark as well. Correct, and that I mean, the tough part is for the new believer, the more seasoned believer, especially the seasoned believer who's grown up in a church where this is what they do, and this is all that they do. Um, I've met churches that are King James and King James only. Mm -hmm. And that's written into their bylaws and their, right. you know, their founding document that there's nothing holier than King James. So why pretend? That's right. Um, it, it is um, clear to me that as you mature, you're able to um, uh, wrestle with the text better as mm -hmm. you connect to different versions of the Bible. Um, when you talked about the original language, that's also my encouragement is to um, to try and get as close to the original language as possible um, and know that there are websites that can help with that, just as you can have interlinear Bibles For with, sure. um, you know, translations that are just word for word, Greek or Hebrew, and it's rough, but it still helps you have a better understanding of the original language. That's right. Um, uh, the um, 
version that you um, start off with is often one that will become almost like baby food. What you know, it sets the palate. What your what mm -hmm. you desire to you yeah. know experience in your quiet time with God. Um, if you're looking for a relational Bible, where the words kind of spur you to um, to really be actively um, engaging with God. Again, um, the cheat is typically whatever that first one you've had will be it. But know that there are certain ones that are easier to read. Um, you know, the translations um, allow for um, passion to come through. Um, mm -hmm. And and I say that just thinking about the message. I have mm -hmm. a friend who loves the message. He's a pastor. Mm -hmm. um, it's written for like an average reading age right. of nine, so it's really simple. Um, and Versus, yeah, I have a wife who hates the message. Right, and I would say I know a lot of people who dislike it, but it's yeah. it's one of those things where the passion really comes through in that version more than other versions. Um, whereas, like you know, I had a friend. Um, also who worked with Wycliffe, who worked on the New, Le New Living Translation. And um, that one, it's a little older age, 11, you know, probably right. um, push. But it's, um, it's one of those things where um, um, their big thing is um, allowing, as you stated before, the language to kind of meet your heart if you're an English speaker. Mm -hmm. So they try to almost speak your heart language with the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's not the, you know, the Five Love Languages book, but it's kind of like that with the New Living Translation. At least that's how I feel. They mm -hmm. can call me and say I'm completely wrong, but that's how I feel whenever I read it. <laughs> well, um, when we talk about translation, we, we, we have to talk about a couple of the reasons for translation obviously mm -hmm. one of the reasons for translation is most people don't read or speak ancient hebrew or koine greek correct or aramaic or syriac or any of the other languages that you're going to find in mm -hmm. the original scriptures so it has to be translated from that there's a second level though that we need to understand, which is that we have various manuscripts. We have about 1,100 manuscripts of the Old and New Testament, and so they come from different dates. They range in age from about, you know, 12, 1,100, 1,200 years old or older to, uh, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. They range from about 2,500 years to about 1,500 years. And there are some where there's entire books. There are some that are just fragments of a single page. There's some that are multiple fragments of a page or, or a few pages of a book. And what the translators do is they, they bring all of these together. They look at them. They look for any different any differences, they note those differences, and then they use a, a critical analysis to say, what was likely the original um, 
the original inscription here based on everything that we have they look at how old the particular one is is should we should we give priority to the oldest fragment that we have or should we give priority to a reading that has the least um variances or the most variances and these are all these are all questions that are dealt with at a scholarly level it's called um hermeneutics it's 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 a it's a very scholarly field and it's been dealt with really well there are other questions that come into it um back in the back about uh 1600 years ago or so there were basically two families of manuscripts that we had and we still have them there's what's called the majority text and there's what's called the critical text and when you look into your bible if you have uh study notes you may see mt or ct written by in the in the margins and basically what that means is we had if we had a thousand manuscripts then 800 of those manuscripts all agreed and they're what's called the majority text and there are 200 of them that were found someplace else that were older that have other variants other differences and we call those the critical text because the differences there may be critical and the king james version was written from the critical manuscripts while the um some of the other translations the i believe the niv was written primarily at least when it was first written primarily using I'm talking about the niv 82 primarily using the majority text and there was there was great discussion and quarreling within christians about which school was better and for the most part that discussion has been surpassed by the simple fact that scholars who are translating the bible today are using all the manuscripts and, and they're going to make decisions on translation based on a particular passage not based on the the family of original texts that it's coming from well that's all great but there's then another question that we have to deal with and that is to say well what should be our our purpose in translating should we be trying to translate as close to the original text as possible or in a way that communicates the idea that the text the original text is communicating in a way that is most understandable and then we have we have what would be called a wooden translation which is what we have in the new american standard bible where it's going to follow word order it's going to have more specific and, and accurate translations of each word or we have what could be called a dynamic equivalence where we have a statement that says uh i threw the ball and we dynamically equivoc um dynamically translate that to something that communicates i threw the ball <laughs> but doesn't use the words throw or ball at all mm -hmm. and uh might change it you know recognizing what you're reading i think is more important than what you choose if you're reading say the watchtower bible yeah, I would say, but get rid of it. Yeah, that that's I would say that is the section I was hoping we could get to is mm -hmm. um, there are certain Bibles that <laughs> are not are not that are not Bibles. Um, 
they have Bible on the cover, but they're not a Bible. They're not um, promoting the gospel. They're not, they're adding to it. Um, they might have some gospel in there, and that would be one of them where, um, uh, you, know, um, you know, some might say the Bible for the Mormons. They're like, yeah, that's not the Bible. Um, <laughs> that's like another... saying the Bible for atheists. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's not a that's Bible. A, that's, that's a book. Somewhere in my library, I've got the bartender's Bible. Yeah, it doesn't have again, a stitch of scripture in it. Not the Bible. Not the Bible. So um, it, the main thing should be um, starting at Genesis, ending at Revelations. Um, check the middle of your Bible if you've got some bonus stuff that shouldn't be there between Psalms and Proverbs or, <laughs> and, you know, before uh, the, the Gospels kick off, then, then understand it needs to, to lighten it up. And so I'm not dogging the Catholic Bible completely. Um, but I am saying that, uh, there is enough for us to do without the, the Maccabees and the, the bonus stuff for you to focus on and get lost. I like Judith. Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, I have enough time trying to get people just to remember right. um, how to live out Romans and Galatians mm-hmm. and you know, and understand that acts actually happened, and that's how your the church started. Where our history is there, um, and and most people don't read, most people don't listen. Um, you know, is this is this Bible version something you're looking to try and put in your heart? Then you want a good version that will um, that will create space for the Spirit to move, allow for your consciousness to be pricked because the Spirit is moving. And foster a um, a new um, a new vocabulary, so that when the shepherd speaks, you move. Right. Um, that doesn't need extra stuff. It needs to be very simple. And so, Bibles for me, you know, sixty six bucks inside. Um, you know, no bonus stuff. And you know, when I say books, that's Genesis is a book, Revelations is a book, Proverbs is a book, Psalms is a book. Um, so there should be sixty six on the inside. Um, it shouldn't plus have maps. any. Yes, plus map, and and it can have. I mean, there are some beautiful study Bibles out there, so I'd encourage mm-hmm. them. Um, some really amazing study Bibles. Um, and I I get told I need to read more of them and look more of them by my co pastors and whatnot. Um, because they are so beautiful. But understand, <laughs> the goal is for you to live it out. Um, not to solely look at the pictures um, and yeah, think about. It really gets the purpose. Because when I look at the various translations that I have, mm-hmm. number one, I have the knowledge, the equipment, and the skills to go back and say, is what I'm reading, how, how closely does it line up with the original meaning of the text? Mm-hmm. I can do that for myself. Most mm-hmm. people can't do that. Most people are going to be sort of passing that trust Mm -hmm. off to the translators. And it really does behoove us as believers to understand at least the basics of hermeneutics, Bible translation, Bible transmission, what the version is, who wrote it, and what their purpose was, what they were trying to improve on. Mm -hmm. They were saying, we want to be better than that guy over there. After that, though, the purpose of Scripture is that we might know God and that we might grow deeply 
in him, in relationship with him, and in knowledge of him and his word. So finding the thing that speaks the most to me, that resonates the most with me, may in fact not be the thing that is deepest. That may be the thing that I simply resonate the most with because of my personality. Because of that, there, there may be a different translation that when I'm looking to do a deeper level study, as opposed to being inspired, I'm going to go to. And having both of those, and maybe a third and a fourth as well, to look at and compare, to receive a, a more full experience as I'm growing in, in Christ is a tremendous benefit to me. So I may read something in the ESV and understand it well. I may then go and look at it in the New Living Translation or the message and, and just for a change, just for a different perspective on how that could be said, because that's going to open up some understanding to me that I might not otherwise have gotten. I might then go and look at the NASB and say, well, what word order was actually there in the original. And I might go back and look at the original, say what words were actually there and where else are they used and how are they used? And I might dig even deeper that way. Mm -hmm. But the purpose is so that I can have a fuller experience, not just be inspired, not just study and be informed, but be changed by it to be more like Christ. That's the purpose for each of these. And if we're using that way, as you said, the purpose for God's word is that we might be in communion with him and walk in that communion in the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, good website you can go to is biblesociety.org. Um, I know the UK version better than the US one, so I'll say .org.uk. Um, simple website, shows a ton of versions and allows you to have a better understanding if your version is an actual version. Um, <laughs> if you don't see it on the list, then that typically means order something else off Amazon or something else. Yeah. Um, at your local bookstore, but know that, um, don't, you know, I don't think I can push this enough. You just pushed it, Jer. The goal is to live out our faith and that's part of the sanctification process. That's mm -hmm. part of the process of God making us fully into his image which will be completed when we stand in front of him. Yep. In the heavenly throne room. Yep. Um, but, un but understand he wants to work through you today. And part of that means getting into the word and being with him. So you need a good one. Um, uh, I encourage you to connect with your pastor. I encourage you to, um, if you don't have a shepherd, you know, definitely get connected to the church, church, local church, um, and, and wrestle with different versions, um, but have conversations with um, someone locally who mm -hmm. um, can encourage you to um, pull others along on the journey as you're reading and growing, because you should be pouring into others what you're learning as well as living it out. If you aren't living it out, then you're going to forget it. And if you aren't pouring into someone else, um, you're cheating your siblings in Christ from the opportunity to learn from you. Just and yourself. You learn from you're them. cheating yourself as well because God changes you as you share. Right. Yeah. So I, I want to share this in, in parting. Um, go for it. Going to date myself here. 
you remember back from the uh, 90s, all of the, you know, word for dummies and chemistry for dummies books that, that were published. Mm -hmm. We can think of translations as, as being kind of like an audio autobiography. Mm -hmm. There, there may be an autobiography, there may be a biography and there may be a biography for dummies where we're looking at a person, just name a person, Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan's biography for dummies versus an American life, which is not a biography by Ronald Reagan versus one of, you know, I'm sure several hundred biographies that have been written about Ronald Reagan versus I'm sure thousands of books that have been written historical and technical books about Reaganomics or the Reagan White House or the Reagan years or whatever it might be versus sitting down with Ronald Reagan or Ron Jr. or any of the other kids and saying, hey, would you tell me about your dad or Mr. President, can we get a burger and talk about your ranch? Each one of these serves a different purpose and it wouldn't be good to stay at any single level if you want to grow. And the purpose of being in scripture is to grow. So you might be starting with the Bible for dummies, but don't stay there. The purpose is to get to the throne room of God and to see him face to face. Use all of those resources because God's going to grow you through them. Amen. Is that going to devote it? We love you. Thanks for listening. Peace. Have a blessed, blessed day.